0: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent
1: Herbicide.
2: The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything A. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley.
3: And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, you're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Also brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Today, Agribition releases a report showing last fall's show in Regina generated $96.5 million for the province's economy, up 31% since the last study in 2017. We take a comprehensive look at weather, with Environment Canada outlining an end to this week's cold snap by Friday. We also hear from Drew Lerner about spring and summer weather outlook for the Canadian prairies. We have details on Imperial Oil's construction of a renewable diesel plant near Edmonton, and the latest feeder cattle market report. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour.
2: This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRN Agri-News Director Jim Smalley.
3: Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Canadian Western Agribition has released a study this morning showing last fall's event generated almost one hundred million dollars in economic activity. Agribition CEO Sean Kindop says the study highlights the annual livestock show's economic impact on the province.
0: Now the financial snippet consists year is ninety six point five million, up from seventy three point six, which is beyond fantastic. I believe that's 31% in five years, uh, which is just such a testament to our event and how important it is to not only the Regina community, the province, but uh, nationally and internationally as well.
3: Why do this report?
0: Just want, It's just good to break it down, showcasing how many people are truly affected by agribition and just how much that we do bring to the, to the uh, Regina community and the province.
3: How was the trade show? The Give me some numbers about it.
0: Yeah, the trade show was fantastic. We, had, we reached uh, $979,000 and uh, we saw some livestock sales totaling $2.2 2 So all the numbers should just paint such a fantastic story coming out of a uh, reduced show due to the pandemic.
3: Tell me a little bit about the show itself and what kind of income does it generate even for government?
0: Yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're 60.6 million to provincial GDP. Uh, we got 902 jobs created or maintained in the province, 730 jobs locally, and we add 17.7 to government revenues, 8.3 million federally. They're big numbers and hard to wrap your head around, but again, it's, we're so proud of our team and our organization for uh, being able to bounce back out of the uh, scaled back show due to the pandemic, but we're def- beyond proud. The economic the e-
3: impact shows that aggravation really does provide a major amount of cash for the province.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a very important show, and heading into 2023, we definitely want to carry that momentum, and we're here hoping that we can reach $100 million next year.
3: You will release all this detail at the annual meeting?
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Our AGM is April 19th, and uh, it is open, and we will definitely be releasing all of our financial details.
3: Let's summarize the Agribition report that came out today. A 31% increase in the economic impact in five years. What do you think is the generator? What caused all this increase?
0: A lot of it will be inflation, but we are seeing a lot of uptake in our sales, and uh, people are coming to aggravation to spend money and to do business, and it's very important. It's a it's a place where business gets done, and we, uh, we definitely don't want to lose that and want to continue to build on that.
3: And it brings a lot of foreign buyers to look at Saskatchewan cattle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've got people coming from all over the world year after year, and it's a huge part of who we are. It's, it's something that we're very proud of, that we have such an international following, and we're proud that that's where they want to come and do their businesses uh, at Agribition. Sean
3: Kindop is the CEO of Canadian Western Agribition.
2: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM.
3: This week's bitter cold snap in southern Saskatchewan will be short-lived. Environment Canada meteorologist Terry Lang says milder weather will arrive as early as Friday.
4: Certainly the cold air is here for sort of the bulk of the week. It looks like Thursday morning will be the, the coldest of the cold. Then we'll see a return to southeasterly winds, and uh, we know that those usually bring us milder temperatures, and that looks like it, that's what's going to happen. Sort of starting towards the Friday mark, we'll see an increase in the temperature and sort of get towards above seasonal averages by the weekend. So we have a couple systems rippling through that will We'll bring much in the way of precipitation, but it'll bring us a little bit more in the way of warmth. Any snow? Not very much. These weather systems, especially the ones that are coming through this week, you know, there's, it's hard to squeeze any moisture out of these Arctic weather systems. Snowflakes tend to be really small, and the, the water equivalent on them is very, very low. So we have to kind of wait for the more of the Pacific systems to make their way through. But so far, we're not seeing any big snowmakers coming through in the next week.
3: So milder for the first part of February, how does the rest of the month look?
4: Well, our models are still sort of putting us on the, uh, you know, saying that it's going to be colder than average for the month. However, I'm, you know, starting to wonder, maybe it's a little bit biased towards the beginning of, of the month because each sort of subsequent run of the long-range models like that are kind of indicating maybe, uh, and it's coming from up from the southwest, that it'll be actually a better chance of being closer to average as opposed to below average after, after it's been kind of selling it as below average for the month. So we'll have to see how it pans out because we know we can get into that really uh, dirty cold in February. But, you know, we're not seeing that on the weather models quite yet. But, you know, we only go out to about 10 days with any kind of confidence.
3: So then pull out your kind of crystal ball. And what's the rest of the spring and late, late winter
5: look like?
4: Your guess is as good as mine on that one, especially because we have our La Niña that is slowly breaking down. So that makes it a little bit harder to kind of hang your hat on on things. But the latest that we have for February, March, and April is is indicating a better chance of it being colder than average for that time period. And with respect to precipitation, again, we're uh, we're not particularly good with our long range precipitation modeling, just because of the so much. There's so much that goes was into to it, but latest ones is showing that not much of a chance of either below average or above average. So again, kinda probably not much better than throwing darts at this point.
3: Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada.
2: Mm-hmm. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com
4: update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity.
5: For Real Agriculture and Real Ag Radio, I'm Kelvin Hepner. pleased to be joined now by Dr. Rex Newkirk, Associate Professor at the University of Saskatchewan, uh, who specializes in feed processing. And Rex, certainly lots of discussion at Canola Week about increased crush capacity and what that means in terms of meal supply, uh, canola meal supply coming onto the market. How do you look at this from a, a livestock nutrition perspective when it comes to this meal supply coming in, into uh, supply? Well, canola meal is used in all of our species. We
1: we use it broadly. Uh, but what's happening is there's going to be a, a, a really large increase in our crush capacity. So we're probably seeing about another 3 million tons of canola meal coming onto the market. And so that's that's basically doubling our meal production locally. And um, as we start looking at our markets, we're, we're thinking about how do we utilize that ingredient? How do we get as much out of it? So I'm working with one company where they're fractionating and trying to get more value out of that way and building a plant based on that. We're looking at um, additional Markets. Um, so, for example, recently I was in India. I've done some work in Bangladesh and some work in Malaysia. Just trying to figure out what is the appetite. What do we have to do to get in those markets and, and uh, to develop those um, those opportunities? People want canola meal. And they need canola meal, but it all comes at, at a price, and and uh, we're going to have that supply. So it just means we're going to have to diversify our markets a bit more. I think what I'm really most excited about though is this fractionation piece, right? Where I think. We've, we've thought about fractionation for a long time, the value-added side of it. Because of this additional capacity and sort of the the uptick in people's interest in protein, it's created sort of a perfect storm to, to, to address that market. So I think we're going to see some pretty significant moves in that front that we haven't seen in a while.
5: And that would be domestic demand then, potentially, domestic use?
1: No, it's domestic and international. Yeah, yeah. So there's domestic from the food side of things. And certainly the U.S. I would sort of count as domestic just because they're so yeah, close. Yeah. You know, yeah. I shouldn't put it that way. But, and reliable. Yeah. But uh, no, certainly I think a lot of that will be going into, say, for example, agriculture. So it could be going into South America, um, you know, those kind of things. Um, we'd like to send more of it in Nor- into Europe as well, uh, Norway, but they, they're non-GMO. So that sort of limits a bit on that front. But but Chile and other parts of the world for sure are still open. Um, I think there's opportunities in pet foods. There's opp- so there's, there's, there's room for us to grow. And right now because of that surging supply, people seeing that need, there's more investment in it. There's more, yeah. more um, activity in that area, and I think that's a good thing.
5: Okay. What is there for potential to increase the use of canola meal in our rations domestically? Is, is there opportunity there to increase the the demand? I probably at the right price. That's the thing. Yeah, at the right price. So um, uh, w- right
1: now in Western Canada, we use as much canola meal as we can, given the price point we're at. As the price comes down and least cost formulation, the amount will increase in the diet. It's called shadow. Christ. And so... Yes, if there, if gets gets be so much that the price is depressed, then more will pull into our diets. We'll see higher inclusion rates. People will, will be able to offset other ingredients. But we don't really want to go there, right? We want to we want to get as much value out of that material, and so we want to divert it to the to those species that can pay the most. But what happens is, is if you cap off, say your dairies, your your number one market, and they're willing, you know, they're able to pay seventy five percent of the price of soy or something like that, or eighty percent of the price of soy. Um, but if the price drops enough that you get to down to like 55% of the prices, so then it starts pulling into a bunch of poultry diets. And so, yes, we can get there, we can do some more education, but I think ideally we're trying to get that stuff moved out at a little higher value point than let the price come down and push it. So it'll, it'll probably be a combination of the two, but let's hope try to try to keep the price up as much as we can.
5: Okay. You mentioned some of the Indo-Pacific countries that you, uh, that you visited. How much untapped potential is there for demand for Canadian canola meal in those countries?
1: Actually, I think there's a fair bit. Uh, so Especially in places like Vietnam, uh, they have you know a significant livestock industry. They you know milk production is increasing, uh, protein production you know meat protein is increasing. So they they have demands for protein. Um, in the past, we haven't put as much focus on those. We've we've done promotion um, and materials been moving in there, but fairly small quantities because um, the U.S. has been taking such a large portion of our meal. China has taken such a large portion that there hasn't been as much attention on those. But I think now as this extra meal is coming on, we're going to see more attention paid to those markets and and getting larger shipments going into them.
4: This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com.
2: It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
3: The Real Agriculture Report has been brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire Dealers. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devon at 352 1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Periods of light snow today, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high, minus 17, the low, minus 21. Wednesday, mainly cloudy, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high, minus 13, wind chill, minus 28 in the morning, and minus 19 in the afternoon. The low, Wednesday night, minus 29. Thursday, increasing cloudiness, the high, just minus 23, the low, minus 24. Friday, sunny with a high minus 7, the low minus 9. Saturday, sunny with a high minus 5, low minus 10. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 1, the low minus 11. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 6. Normal high for this date, minus 9. The normal low for this evening, minus 21. Sun rose at 8.35. This morning it sets at 5.48 tonight. And currently on the roundup, the hot spot again is Maple Creek. At minus 6 degrees, the cold spot again, Uranium City. At minus 34, tied this time with Stony Rapids. That's about three days in a row they've been the hot and cold spots. Estevan is minus 19, Saskatoon minus 18, Swift Current minus 12, Weyburn minus 18, Yorkton is minus 21. In Regina, with light snow, it's minus 18. That's zero Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south, southeast at 6. Humidity is 77%. Thermometer rising, 102.0. Light snow in Moose Jaw, minus 14. Winds are from the east, southeast at 4. Once again, Regina, light snow, minus 18. That's zero Fahrenheit. This
0: spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions
2: from Gowan Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM
3: portion of saskatchewan agriculture today is brought to you by mcdougall auctioneers get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through mcdougall auctioneers mcdougallauctions.com and brought to you by patterson liquid systems experts in liquid fertilizer distribution fertilizers just better when it's wetter patterson liquid systems expect the best world weather specialist drew Lerner is concerned about the need for better ground moisture this spring in parts of western canada particularly the western prairies. Lerner says it's been warm enough at times this winter that some snow has melted and some frost has lifted from at least the top part of the soil, so a bit of moisture has been digging in. Obviously, it's going to be a while yet before spring is here, but Lerner says any moisture can help between now and seeding time.
6: As I mentioned before, though... We are a little bit concerned about the potential for a drier uh, mid-spring time period, which will be great for planting, uh, and as long as we've got moisture in the ground in, in many areas, we shouldn't have any big issues, but there will be a lack of precipitation around. So if there are areas that are still struggling with dryness, and there will be quite a few, unfortunately, uh, that might be a little bit of a concern. And there'll be a lot of chatter going on as we get into uh, April, uh, you know, whether or not we're going to be able to to get a successful crop. The good news is later in the summer things get better. We will see an increase in precipitation, especially in July and August. Across the southern prairies in particular, I think there's a fairly good chance that Manitoba and maybe eastern Saskatchewan We'll get an abundance of rain uh, in the latter part of the summer. But a lot of that is going to depend on what happens down in the U.S. and whether or not they have a strong ridge of high pressure that extends north of the border. So we'll be looking at that, too. The bottom line for most of us, I think, is not a terrible scenario. We should do better than last year, but there will be a lot of worry about the the lighter precipitation in the spring. So it's something we'll have to be
3: watching for. Lerner says the El Nino weather pattern probably is not going to be a factor for the growing season in Western Canada.
6: That shouldn't be a consideration. El, uh, La Nina is going to uh, continue to diminish and we will have neutral ENZO conditions for the most part over the course of this growing season. Quite often when we have had prolonged La Nina in this particular solar cycle, we do see the evolution towards El Nino, but it almost always occurs in the fourth quarter of the calendar year and is more of a factor in the following year rather than this current year. So confidence is pretty high. You won't be seeing an El Nino environment. Uh, We might try to build into it the very tail end of this season, but I I don't think you'll be seeing that at all. As far as other weather patterns are concerned, we do have the negative phase of Pacific decadal oscillation in place, and that will have probably the biggest influence on North America as we get into our spring and summer. That particular phenomenon has to do with ocean temperatures off the west coast of North America. And over the past, oh gosh, I think it's been a year and a half, we have had very cool water off the west coast of North America, while much warmer temperatures have occurred out in the north central parts of the Pacific. And this is classic negative phase of Pacific Decadal, or PDO as we call it. And what that tends to do is it tends to help support more troughiness, more low pressure, if you will, along the west coast of North America, especially in the U.S. during the winter and a little more ridge building in the middle of the country, middle of the U.S. Now, when we go into the spring and summer, this pattern will still be a possibility. It just will shift northward, and so what that will do is it actually will create a potential for storms to evolve in the U.S. Pacific Northwest and move towards the prairie. And most of the folks out there know that this is how we get those Montana lows and how we get a lot of the bigger rain events to occur during our spring and summer season
2: in that kind of pattern.
3: That's Drew Lerner with World Weather, Inc.
2: You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley.
3: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small-town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mixed across the province during the past week. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froats compiled the latest market report.
7: Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mixed again amongst all the weight categories for both steers and heifers on the January 27th reporting. Feeder steer prices ranged from 322.25 per hundredweight, sort of the three to four hundred pound category, to 234.42. For the 900-plus pound category, prices on steers above 700 pounds were either up or unchanged between all those categories, while the lighter steers seen a decline. The largest decline was in the 3 to 400 weight steers, which fell eight dollars per hundredweight from the prior week to average 322.25. Saskatchewan heifers ranged from $262.67 per hundredweight for the 3 to 400 pound category to 212.38 for the 800 plus category. Those top and bottom weight categories just mentioned were up by $3 per hundred weight over the previous week while the categories in between four to 800 pounds were anywhere from unchanged to plus or minus a dollar per hundred weight when compared to the prior week.
3: And what were the factors behind these price changes?
7: Similar to last week, I think there were many factors at play, but we can point at the Canadian dollar and, I think, supply and demand for the week.
3: And marketings? What were marketings?
7: CanFax reported feeder volumes in Saskatchewan at 13,109 heads sold over the week, and this was down from 16,468 the previous week, and similar to a year ago when we seen 14,589
3: what happened with market ready cattle prices
7: Anfax price for Alberta fed steers on July 27th was 189.72 per hundredweight, and this was just up from the previous week which was at 189.40 on January 20th there was a mix in prices for Alberta cows compared to January 20th the D2 cows increased a dollar 13 per 100 weight from the week prior to average a $1.92, while the price of D3 slaughter cows were down 78 cents per hundredweight to average 87.30 per hundredweight.
3: Fonda Froats is the cattle specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture.
2: Here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM.
3: Market update is brought to you by Freeze and Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tommen has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle? They'll find a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving Southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola rose five dollars and forty cents at eight sixteen twenty-two. Flax fell twenty dollars at six fifty-two ninety-eight. Number one red spring wheat declined a dollar thirty-one at four fifteen ninety-nine. The rest were unchanged. Durham four fifty-one twenty-six. Feed Barley, three fifty-six fifty-seven. Chickpeas 1168.45, flax 672.98, lentils 694.40, oats 229.32, yellow peas 458.88, and feed wheat 289.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March went up two and a half cents at 924 a bushel.
2: It's the livestock reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan 620 CKRM.
3: The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Wayburn Livestock 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes.
8: This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of January 31st. Our last regular sale in Weyburn was on January 18th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.97 to $1.10. D3 cows sold from $0.80 to $0.95. Canter cows sold from $0.60 to $0.80. Hefrat sold from $1.54 to $1.70. And Good Butcher Bulls sold from $1.20 to $1.40. We had a pre sort calf sale here on Monday. That's right, we always set the pace for everyone else to keep up with yes we always lead the way 300 to 400 pound steers average three dollars and seven cents and sold at the three dollars and 45 cents 400 to 450 pound steers average three dollars and 25 cents and sold at the three dollars and 45 cents 450 to 500 pound steers average three dollars and 16 cents and sold at the three dollars and 45 cents 500 to 550 pound steers average three dollars and 12 cents and sold at the three dollars and 25 cents 550 to 600 pound steers average Averaged $2.98 and sold up to $3.15 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $2.92 and sold up to $3.10 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $2.80 and sold up to $3 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $2.62 and sold up to $2.77 and 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $2.48 and sold up to $2.59 Heifers were about 45 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 500-pound Grasser's steers at $3.25 a pound, a group of 570-pound Red Steers at $3.17 a pound, a load of 600-pound Black Steers at $3.05 a pound, a group of 650-pound tan Steers at $3.00 a pound, a load of 700-pound Red Steers at $2.77 a pound, and a load of 780-pound Angus Steers at $2.59 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Wayburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle, and the prices too.
3: And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is both the Brandon Moose Jaw Plants, $182.73 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report.
2: This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRN. Here's Jim Smalley.
3: Now the resource report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Stats Canada reports the economy grew by 0.1% in November as higher interest rates began to slow spending. It's estimating the economy stayed flat in December. The agency is suggesting the economy grew at an annualized rate of 1.6% in the fourth quarter, which would be down from 2.9% in the third November's economic growth was driven by the public sector, transportation and warehousing, and finance and insurance. The European Union's statistics agency reports Europe's economy scraped out a meager gain of 0.1% in the fourth quarter of last year. Eurostat says galloping inflation fed by high energy prices and Russia's invasion of Ukraine deterred people from spending in shops and restaurants. One economist says the main factor pushing Europe into positive territory was strong growth of 3.5% in Ireland, a figure usually distorted by the large number of foreign firms located there for tax reasons. On the markets, the TSX is up 121 points at 20,693. The Dow has gained 64 points to 33,781. Oil has gone up 78 cents at 78.68 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 75 cents even US. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast.